Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Your Pocket Sailing Instructor. Um, Happy Thursday. So yeah, another week. We are getting towards the end of September, soon to be heading into October. Man, the time has flown by. Summer has gone by really quickly. I hope you had a great summer and uh, yeah, you're moving on to uh, potentially other things and changing of the seasons. I know here uh, in Canada, in the interior, things are going to start cooling off and we will start winding down a little bit with sailing. Um, My season is probably finishing up in the next few weeks and then uh, looking at doing my fall maintenance and getting the boats all tucked away and, and have a little reflect on how the summer went and have a look at what we need to fix up and get organized for next summer and uh, potentially some of the summer plans that uh, we're going to put in place. So yeah, kind of a, a sad time of year, but also um, yeah, kind of like the the changing of gears, shifting gears into something different, taking a little bit of, of a step back to, to have a look at uh, where things are going and what some of my goals are for next year and everything. So um, yeah, if you are listening to this podcast, thanks so much for joining me. If this is your first episode, welcome to the group. Uh, if not, then thanks for sticking around and uh, please feel free to share this podcast with other sailors so that they can also find the podcast and also if you have the time providing a rating on uh, iTunes or Spotify helps other people also find this podcast as well and it really um, I really appreciate it it gives me that extra motivation to keep all those episodes coming to you and uh, yeah let's dig into it So this week, I'm going to kick off our sale series. Um, So we're going to be talking uh, all different things about sales. So this week, I'm going to be talking about uh, preventable maintenance and things that you can do to your sales to keep them in good shape, uh, things to look for, for when they're starting to wear down and some, you know, quick fixes or little things that you can do uh, to kind of extend the life of your sales, hopefully. Um, And yeah, so that you can get the most use out of them and that uh, they can help you sail for a very long time. So to start off, we are going to talk a little bit about your sail inventory and what that might look like. Um, Again, if you are on a keel boat or even a, a dinghy, If you are a traditional slooped rigged boat, you are potentially looking at a foresail, a mainsail, and then potentially some sort of spinnaker. Um, So the foresail, basically on the keel boats, we have kind of three typical sizes, and a lot of people will just call jib. They'll say, you know, jib or genoa for whatever size they're referring to, but there are technically some differences between them. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And there are two options as far as how your foresail could be attached to your boat. 
So as far as the sizes are concerned, traditionally we have about three sizes that a boat will carry. Uh, you will have the smallest size, which could be a storm jib or just a heavy weather sail, a heavy weather foresail, I guess you would say. Then from there, you can have a jib. And then from there, you would have a larger sail, which is called a genoa. So now within the whole foresail category, uh, sometimes you'll hear sailors talking about a 110 or a 130. And so they're kind of throwing around these numbers. And what these numbers mean um, is basically the forward triangle between the forestay and the mast that is considered 100%. So when you have a sail that fills that entire triangle, that would be called a 100. And then when you moved aft from uh, the mast, that is when you start adding on more numbers. So for instance, uh, Spindrift right now, I have a 110 on the boat right now. So what that means is my foresail comes back from the forestay, fills that entire triangle back to the mast, and then it also comes aft of the mast about 10%. So mine comes just past my shrouds. Now, when you start getting into uh, Genoa's, that is the larger foresail. Sometimes you'll hear people talking about a 130, 150. Spindrift came with a 180, which is just huge and unruly. And really uh, here in the mountains, we don't have consistent light winds enough for me to really be able to ever use that sail. So I have not used the sail much. And that's why I went ahead and just purchased when I had my recent sails made, I just got a 110. Because uh, for me, for teaching, it's a lot easier to handle and the boat is balanced really well with the 110 and i knew that a 180 was overkill and what i might try to do is see if i can cut it down to a 150. so basically again those percentages are talking about how far aft from the mast uh, your foresail comes so the the two different ways that we have the foresail attached on the boat traditionally you can have a hank on sail that's where you have a jib uh, that has little hooks on it and those are called hanks and so basically what happens is you have to attach the sail to the forestay every time that you want to use it and then when you bring your sail down you're done at the end of the day you need to uh, detach or unclip the sail from the forestay fold it up neatly and put it away in the sail bag so that is a little more labor intensive there are a lot of people who do prefer having a sail that they will remove from the boat because you do get a more consistent sail shape. Uh, racers tend to have sails that they take on and off of the boat. They won't necessarily have hanks. They won't use a hank on sail, but they will have a sail that is fed into a track, pretty much similar to your furling foresail, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and so there's a bolt rope, which is a heavier rope that is stitched into the luff of the sail and it's fed into the track. So racers will have sails like that where they uh, basically put them up and take them down every time that they're sailing. And that just helps maintain the Christmas crisp not christmas <laughs> crispness um of the sail helps to make sure that the uv doesn't break it down you know getting wet all that kind of stuff which we're going to talk about in a minute here um but 
before I jump into that, I'm going to talk briefly about the parts of the sale. So for your uh, for sale, for both of the sales actually, main and your for sale, obviously they're triangles and we have basically three corners and three sides. So your top corner is the head. The front corner furthest forward is called the tack and then the back corner is called the clue. So head is where the halyard attaches. The tack is where the front corner of the sail will attach to the boat. So for your mainsail, you'll have some sort of, sometimes there's a bolt or something. So you have a tack attachment there. Um, and then the clue is for the mainsail, that's where the outhaul is attached. And for your jib, that is where the jib sheets are attached. So those are your three corners. And then we have three sides. So our three sides, the front edge is the luff. The back edge is the leech and the bottom edge is the foot. So you have your left, your leech, and your foot. So when I'm talking about some of the different things to look for as far as wear and tear and maintenance on the sale, I'm gonna be referring to those corners and those edges. So just so that you are aware of what what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> so back to a hank on sale. The hank on sale, uh, the basically the halyard still attaches to the head and the tack will attach to a tack pin or a tack shackle down at the deck level. And then your hanks are along the luff of the sail and your jib sheets will be attached to the clue of the sail. Uh, most people just do a bowlin or whatever works for you there. But um, now most boats now, especially cruising boats, they have moved into the world of roller furling. And roller furling is basically a system that enables you to have your foresail on um, and up all of the time on the boat and you just roll it up around uh, basically um, kind of rolling it around the forestay if you want to think of it that way. So basically there's a track that you put the luff of the sail into. So again, there's a bolt rope and then you put the sail, excuse me, raise the sail through the, um, the track and then you use some sort of rope type system to furl the sail up or to unfurl it and that kind of thing. So I won't get into the details about how that works too much, but um, most people, what they will do is they will have a Genoa. So a 130, maybe a 150 that is permanently up and on the boat. And then all you need to do is roll out however much of your sail that you want to use for your force sail. So your mainsail, traditionally, we only have one mainsail on the boat. Um, some of the newer and larger boats may have an in-mast furling mainsail, or they might have an in-boom furling mainsail. I'm going to talk about a traditional mainsail, which is where you have sail slugs or sail slides um, or a bolt rope uh, that fits into a groove in the mast, and that's how you raise and lower your mainsail. So that's what we're going to be referring to. And basically with your mainsail, um, yeah, I'm going to talk uh, now about preventative uh, preventative measures that you want to do with both of your sails. So if you have a roller furling uh, set up uh, for your jib, basically what you want to have is on the leech and the foot edge of the sail, you're going to want to have some sort of UV protection. And so often uh, your sailmaker will ask you which way your roller furler works, if it's clockwise or counterclockwise, so that they know which side of the sail to put the UV protection on. Um, and then that UV protection is there basically because your sail is on all the time. So you want, you need something to protect the sail from UV rays. The mainsail, generally what protects it is your mainsail cover. 
So some of the tips for making sure that your sale is in good working order and uh, being covered properly when you furl in your for sale, you want to make sure that you keep a little bit of tension on uh, the jib sheets when you're rolling up your sale so that the sale rolls up, rolls up uh, fairly tightly. You don't want it to be too tight, but tight enough that um, if the wind picks up and you're not around, it's not going to potentially start unraveling or there's no basically pocket of loose fabric that the the wind can grab and pull on the jib sail while you're not there and potentially unfurl it. So you want to keep a little bit of tension on that when you roll it up and that way that keeps the uh, UV protection basically facing out and protecting the sail. Uh, as for your mainsail, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you are flaking the mainsail and flaking is basically just a fancy word for folding. Um, and ideally what we're trying to do is do folds with the mainsail so that it is folded on top of the boom neatly. Um, and this helps with airflow. Um, so when the sail gets wet, because when it rains, you know, your sail will get wet. It'll have water come through the mainsail cover. Um, so you want to try and fold it so that there's airflow so that everything can dry out properly. Uh, that's when you will start to see mold on your sail if you basically don't have that airflow mold will grow on sails. It basically starts to grow in the, in the fabric that is um, wet. So I'll talk about what to do with cleaning and stuff like that in another episode. Um, but basically for your mainsail, when you bring it down, try to flake it, fold it side to side uh, nice and neatly. Your sail ties do not have to be tied up very tight. You don't have to reef them down and keep them super tight. All you're looking for is to make sure that the sail will stay on top of the boom so that when you put your sail cover on, it doesn't come loose and fall below your sail cover. So if you do have a smaller sail cover, which I don't know why, it seems like most sail covers seem to just barely fit mainsails. Um, but, you know, consider uh, potentially having a larger one made so that you can tuck all of that, um, all that fabric up underneath your sail cover. So things to look for um, and things to do with your sails. If your sails are wet and you have... Um, let's say a hank on foresail, for instance, and you, you're out in the rain. Ideally, if you are not um, hanging it up to dry, like in a furling situation, what you would actually want to do is bring it home and see if you could hang it up in a basement or maybe even a garage, just somewhere that's kind of big enough for you to, to um, put it up and try to dry it out. Uh, same idea if you're um, I don't know if you're washing your sails, if, if you have mold on them, or if you're out sailing, the best way to dry them out actually is put them up and sail again, get them nice and dry. But so ideally you're trying to dry your sails um, if they get wet. Uh, the other way that you're making sure they stay nice and dry is by making sure they're stored properly. So if they are um, staying on the boat and they're furled up, no problem. Everything will drip dry that way. For your mainsail, you're flaking it properly and you are tying it down with your sail ties properly. So that will help it drip dry as well. Making sure that you are using um, any UV protection that is on your sail. So for me, I actually have a I don't know if it's ambidextrous is the way I would describe it, but uh, my furling system is a continuous line furler, which means that I can furl my sail clockwise or counterclockwise. And super smart me, I went ahead and I just got a like white 
uh, UV protection <laughs> put on the sail. So it's the same color as the sail. So every once in a while, especially at the beginning of the season, I kind of gap on if I'm supposed to do it roll it up clockwise or counterclockwise, but um, so making sure that you are using that UV protection the way that it was intended. Um, one thing that you want to try to do every once in a while, maybe like every couple seasons or so, is actually um, bring your sail bags and your sail cover home and give it a bit of a wash. Uh, because you can have over time, you can have stuff accumulate in the sail bags or whatever, and that can also rub off onto your sails. Um, so that's one thing that a lot of people don't really think of is cleaning their sail cover or the sail bag, but that will help to keep the fabric in good shape and help to um, prolong the life of your sail because they're there to they're there to take kind of all of the weather and all the beating and stuff so that your sails don't. Um, try to keep your sails off of your rigging. So this is getting into kind of abrasion, um, and basically any part where your sail could be rubbing on, on anything on the boat. So that happens, for instance, with your spreaders, uh, the mainsail. When you are on a broad reach or a run, uh, you'll see some people will let the main way, way out and you will have the sail will start to push on the spreader. Um, or even if they've let it too far out, you'll see that the sail will actually wrap around the end of the spreader. So that is not ideal. That means that your sail is basically not trimmed properly. You don't want to have that happening. So in that case, you would potentially harden up your boom vang to tighten up the leech, what would kind of change the shape of your sail. I won't get into it too much, but um, basically what you want to do when you are sailing downwind, have a look up the mast and make sure that your spreaders are not uh, rubbing against the main or your main's not rubbing against the spreaders. Some um, companies, sail makers will have um, kind of spreader patches installed. And I believe online Precision Sales has a tutorial on how you could actually uh, add your own onto your sail. So that's a great idea, especially if you have a fractional rig and you have raked uh, spreaders. So your spreaders kind of come aft. That uh, will help make sure that your sail, mainsail, is not rubbing against the spreaders and starting to wear down. So that's one spot where you will start to see some wear and tear. For your foresail, especially if you have a larger Genoa, you can also have your Genoa rubbing against your spreader. So that's something to watch for when people are trimming the foresail. Have a look up the leech of the sail so that you can see whether or not uh, the sail is rubbing against the spreader. And a lot of times uh, you will, a lot of boats have spreader boots. That's what I have. Uh, just these little rubber caps basically that you can put on the end of your spreader. And then you just have some tape. So you tape it up and, and that just kind of, yeah, it's just nice kind of rounded soft edge of the spreader instead of having the metal uh, and the shroud. So it's a little bit, um, it's still not great for your sail, but it's a little more forgiving. So that's some ideas there. Now, um, further down the rigging, I guess you could say, <laughs> um, the foot of your foresail potentially will also rub against your shrouds down uh, near the bottom of the foot and leech, kind of where the clue is. Uh, a lot of times the sails will 
get close to the shrouds. Hopefully they're not on your shrouds, but that is another area of wear and tear. So uh, you can actually buy these PVC kind of tubes. They're shroud protectors that you can put on and they will go right over your turnbuckles as well. So the turnbuckles, uh, especially if you have open turnbuckles where you have cotter pins or split rings that are going through the turnbuckles so that they don't, so that they don't uh, loosen off on you. Um, a lot of times those split rings can get caught on jib sheets uh, or the sail itself, and then they can start to pull on the fabric and stitching and stuff like that. So some people will just use tape. You can just, you know, electrical tape or whatever and just tape them up like crazy. Um, or you can purchase specific uh, shroud protectors. What I did actually is I just went to the hardware store and I got some PVC tubing that was uh, big enough to fit over my turnbuckles. I just cut them down to the side. I bought like one, I think I bought one piece. It was 20 feet long. And then I cut it down to different sizes so I could cover all of my shrouds. I have four basically upper and lower. Um, and then I just have that so that my sail will just rub against the PVC pipe and not um, against the turnbuckles. Cause I did, I didn't have those at first um, when I got my new sail. And I noticed that my jib sheets were catching on the split rings, which was opening up the split rings. And then I had metal sticking out and that was catching some of the fabric on the sail. So that was really annoying. So it was just a quick fix for me to do uh, was to go get that PVC so that's another area of wear, especially for the foresail. And then uh, another spot that you'll get some wear and tear will be along the foot of the sail um, for your jib with your lifelines. So depending on your configuration of your lifelines, how high they are, how high your stanchions are, and kind of how your jib is cut, the cut of your jib, um, that will potentially your sail will kind of have to flip over the lifelines when you're tacking or when you're, you know, bearing away and heading down to a beam reach, your sail is going to be, you're going to be easing the sail out and it's going from a close hauled when it's all the way in to a beam reach position and it's going to have to flip outside of your lifeline. So the lifelines are also another spot for a little bit of rubbing and wear and tear on the sail. And for those, actually, uh, there are these little rollers that you can purchase. They're like little white, again, PVC or plastic rollers that you kind of just clip onto your lifeline. And then what happens is the sail will kind of hit those rollers and they just roll and they spin and they just help the sail spin right over top of your lifeline. So if you do find that uh, that's something that's bothering you or you're worried about the foot of the sail, then that's definitely something you can look into our lifeline rollers for the jib. Oh, I feel like I'm talking really fast today. <laughs> um, so those are some ideas of ways to keep your sails off of your rigging. Um, so specifically for the mainsail, it doesn't happen as often, depending on the cut of your leech on the mainsail, some boats, it will catch the backstay and you might need to install a backstay flicker or some sort of uh, kind of tensioner so that the backstay, um, so that the leech of the sail can flip through the backstay. That's something that drives me completely nuts. When I had my new uh, sails made for Spindrift, my main sail, I specifically told the sail maker, I do not want my sail touching my backstay at all. 
there's nothing worse than sailing along and, you know, you do a nice job and maybe you're racing or something and then your sail is just looking really weird. And then you realize, oh, that batten at the top is stuck on your backstay again. And then there's people standing there whacking the backstay and pulling down on the boom. And yeah, it drives me nuts. So, um, Hopefully your sale has been <laughs> sized properly so that it's not doing that. Um, but if it is, then you're, there are a couple solutions for that, but it is not as, as common. Uh, but the one area of wear and tear for the main sale can be the um, spreaders. So basically every time that you head out sailing and you're using your sails, your the fabric is slowly stretching out. So over time, uh, you are going to see areas of your sail kind of changing shape and stretching a little bit. And that's when we start to use some of the different lines that your uh, sailmaker has installed in the sails for you. So you may have noticed these previously, but um, on both of your sails, your mainsail and your uh, foresail, you will have what's called a leech line. And it's a little rope that has been sewn um, into the sail and you can basically uh, pull on it. And sometimes there's a little plastic cleat like with teeth or sometimes there's uh, like um, a Velcro type of setup where you can pull it and Velcro it in place. And basically that little leech line, um, what it will do is when your sail is stretching out or if it's not trimmed properly, it will be fluttering. So it's not luffing. So luffing is when the front edge of your sail is starting to back wind uh, and you're getting too close to the wind or your sail is not trimmed properly. That's one thing. This is when the back edge of your sail is starting to kind of I I'll call it fluttering. Um, but basically what's going on there is usually there's two things. It's either your sail is not cut properly. So your sail maker did an oopsie and it's not the proper cut and it's not working properly. It could be that your fair leads are not placed in the right position. So your jib sheets are not pulling equally on the sail and they're not creating the right tension on the leech that you need. Um, or, so there's three things. I lied. Um, or it could be that your sail is just getting up there in age and it is starting to wear down and starting to stretch out and you need to now start using this leech line that has been uh, put into the sail to help correct that. So it, what it will do, it will tighten up that back edge. It will start to give it a little bit of a curl. So it does change your sail shape, the draft of the sail a little bit, um, but it's better to do that than to have it kind of flapping all over the place. Uh, so you will find one on the leech of the sail as well as the foot of the sail. So for the tension of your luff, basically you're using your halyard or your Cunningham for your main um, mainsail. And then for your jib, you're using again your halyard or you are adjusting the tension on your tack connection, whether that is a shackle or you know, there's a few different ways that the tack is connected there. So that is basically um, a little bit of maintenance, I guess, that you could do uh, to help as your sails are starting to stretch out and age. Unfortunately, like us, they start to sag. So um, the another thing that's easy to do with your sails and something that um, is nice to do um, as things wear off uh, is basically replacing your ticklers on your sail. Even your draft tape is something that you can replace easily on the sail. So on your main sail for your ticklers, you will see uh, red 
kind of sometimes they're yarn a lot of times now i find the newer ones are just little pieces of nylon fabric uh, and basically they are attached at the leech of the sail a lot of times i find they're off of where the battens are located but not necessarily and then for your foresail they will be located at the luff of the sail probably about a foot uh, aft of the luff and those are there to help you oh excuse me with your sail trim so those are really easy for you to do that's easy maintenance for you keeping up with your sail and now i'm going to talk briefly about uh, areas of, um, I guess, sale breakdown and things specifically for you to look at. So when you are taking, let's say right now, for instance, the next few weeks, I'm going to be getting ready to store everything for the winter. So I am going to take the sales off of Spindrift and I'm going to do a thorough check of the sales. And this is what I'm looking for. So I'm going to check all of the edges of my sales. I'm going to check the stitching along the edges to make sure that none of the stitching is coming undone. I'm going to check to see if there are any spots that appear to be getting um, caught. So like I was talking about with the shrouds, sometimes you'll have rubbing of the leech on the shrouds or even the foot of the sail on the shrouds. So I'm taking a look to see if there's any wear and tear that I have missed or if there's anything that I need to change as far as my fair lead positioning or maybe those PVC uh, protectors that I bought are not cutting it anymore. So I'm going to look at replacing those. So I'm checking that. I'm going to be checking all of the hardware that comes uh, on my sail. So that is includes all of the grommets that we have at the head, the tack, and the clue. I'm going to be checking my reef points. Those are super critical and important for me. I do a lot of reefing out here, especially because the mountains, our winds can be really uh, tricky. And reefing is something that I do often and I do quickly. So I want to make sure that all of my reef points are still nice and secure. Uh, I'm checking to make sure that um, my batten pockets are in good shape, especially the edges of the batten pockets. So the battens themselves are not starting to push through. Um, I'm making sure that any Velcro or any type of uh, ties or cleats like I was talking about the leech line with the cleats I'm making sure that those are in good shape and still good working order the plastic is not broken at all and they're going to work where when and where I need them to work uh, I'm going to be checking not only the stitching around all of the sails, but I'm also going to be checking for any kind of pinholes. So pinholes will start to tell you that the fabric is starting to break down, especially from UV, uh, just wear and tear. You'll start to get little pinholes in the sail. You start seeing daylight through the sail. That's generally not a good thing, unfortunately. That's what I had happening with uh, Spindrift's mainsail. Basically, depending on where we were, if, if the, the uh, sun was behind the sail, it was... It was interesting. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, I'm checking all of the creases and folds, specifically for my mainsail, again, because I have roller furling. But when you have a new sail, if you've ever worked with a new sail, they're pretty unruly and they're pretty stiff. And what will quickly happen is the sail will start to develop a memory with uh, when you are flaking it onto the boom. And what you want to try to do is try to avoid folding the sail in the same crease every time, which can be difficult when and the sail has developed its own memory. So one of the things that I'll check is I'll spread the sail out and I will 
check those folds and creases to make sure that the fabric is not breaking down too much in those places. And then I will try really hard uh, next year when I'm teaching my students and stuff to try and create new folds and new creases. Um, I'm also going to give my sales a good sniff. Sounds funny, but uh, smell is generally the first thing that's going to start to tell you that something is not going great. Um, so could be that they're starting to get musty, moldy, um, especially if you have a for sale that you are bringing in and out and you're hanking on and hanking off every time that you're out sailing. You know, there's the one or two times when it's rainy and cold and miserable and you just want to get home to your hot chocolate and fire and you basically fold up the sail, throw it in the bag and away you go. So, you know, once, maybe twice, you might be able to get away with it, but that will start to catch up with you if you're putting your sails away wet. So, um, you know, have a sniff of the sail and it really shouldn't smell like much. Honestly, a fresh, good sale is relatively non-stinky. <laughs> it's a very technical term. Um, but yeah, so if you do start to smell stuff, have a, a thought about potentially bringing the sale home and giving it a bit of a clean. Um, in my next episode, I'm going to talk specifically about cleaning your sales and some uh, self-repair that you can do on sales as well. That will be the next episode. Um, but yeah. Basically, I'm going to double check anything that's been reinforced. So I don't have uh, spreader reinforcement patches on my mainsail, but if that's something I'm going to have a look at this year when I take the sails down and, and find out, you know, is my mainsail starting to rub a little bit? Uh, is my foresail rubbing on the end of the spreaders? Should I consider potentially installing my own um spreader patches for that as well. So basically just doing an overall thorough check of the sale, of the stitching, uh, batten pockets, grommets, the head tack clue, checking your leech line, your foot line, uh, and just getting a good overall check of everything, including the sale slides, your sale slugs, making sure that they are uh, still in good working order. And most of them now I find are plastic. You might have some metal ones, uh, but generally the plastic ones, because they're all installed at the same time, they tend to like to die all at the same time. So I would definitely suggest keeping extra slugs um, on the boat so that if you do run into that, when I've had that happen actually, where I was out on a, a great broad reach screaming along doing eight knots and I had about five of my slugs just blow out at the same time because they were all dead. So um, yeah, that was fun, <laughs> but, uh, it, I had extra ones on board and I was able to kind of head it up into irons and then I did a heave too. And then I replaced kind of the essential ones so that we can continue our journey downwind and get to the marina that we needed to get to. But anyways, that's for a whole other episode.